0: Hey, Jesse, Gary from the How Many Podcast, and congratulations on the anniversary of uh, Set Lusting Bruce. Now, I'm no hero that's understood, but way back in the glory days of my hometown, I would have been just out in the street waiting on a sunny day, you know? No clue that someday I'd work for the guy that would run the best Bruce Springsteen podcast this side of Atlantic City. I've never been to Thunder Road, but I'd rather be there than the streets of Philadelphia. I mean, I'm probably better off catching a downbound train to the land of hopes and dreams, maybe in some brilliant disguise, probably a state trooper or something like that. You see, I was born in the USA. Growing up in this hard land, has taught me a few things while roaming the back streets. We're tougher than the rest. Doesn't matter if I'm on fire or I'm just dancing in the dark. Nope, because the night I take a stolen car racing in the street down to the river, even if I should fall behind, there will be no surrender. Yep. Just start that New York City serenade because I'll be the spirit of the night. So shut out the light. Party's over. Congrats, buddy.
1: I know I really started to, to listen to, um, to some of his deeper cuts right around the time that Tim Russert died, actually. Uh, back in 2008 was, I think that was. He, I, I was a huge fan of Tim's, being the political nut that I was, even, even you know, right at the beginning of my college age then so. Bruce, and some fans may remember this, Bruce zoomed in um, yes. zoomed to uh, Tim's memorial service and played an acoustic version of Thunder Raid. Right and um, you know I had heard Thunder Road before, of course. Um, it was one that got some fairly regular radio time on on the classic rock stations around here, uh, but that was the first time that I heard it as the acoustic version. Really, the first time that I had had really listened to and and made a conscious effort to comprehend the lyrics. Um, and so I do remember that being kind of the catalyst for listening to to. Um, taking his music more seriously and listening to it um, in greater detail.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me today is one of my new internet friends, Colin Davis. Colin, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, it's great to great to be here and um, nice to be able to, uh, to, to talk Bruce with anybody, but especially nice to be able to, to be here with you.
2: Well, I am excited. I, I am looking forward to visiting. Uh, why don't we get started? Tell us a little about yourself. Give sure. us your elevator pitch.
1: Oh, my elevator pitch. I'll, I'll do the best I can here. Okay. Um, it may be a long elevator ride, but I'll, that's I'll, okay. I'll try, and, I'll try and keep it uh, uh, interesting and, and short. But um, so I, I don't know when. I don't know when we'll air here, but. Um, I, there's a good chance I'll be 32 by the time the episode airs. I turn 32 next week, so. Yes. Um, I uh, I live in Canton, Illinois, which is um, what I what I generally tell people is about halfway between Chicago and St. Louis, a little bit southwest of Peoria, Illinois. Uh, All Peoria's right. It's a big city. Um, married to my wife of nearly five years, Katie. We have a daughter named Autumn, who will be um, again three before this episode airs. She turns three on on Friday. Uh, we're we're what is today? Today's Wednesday. So she talks yeah. in a couple days. days. Um, we have two cats, uh, a white German shepherd named Pearl. Um, I am a graduate of, of Knox college in Galesburg. I, I'm a political science. I was a political science major, uh, minors in journalism and history. My, I played baseball there. I was one of the editors of the school paper among um, a lot of other things. I have a master's degree in political management from George Washington university in DC and, uh, as far as, as who I am, just as a, a person, I, I, I tend to think I'm a pretty eclectic guy. Um, my day job is that I am in charge of the Institutional Advancement Department for a small community college called Spoon River College. Um, so for for all intents and purposes, I'm a, I'm a professional fundraiser is what I do for a living. Um, I run a, a, a not-for-profit um, that is specific to, to the college. And so... Um, in my, my previous life, if you will, I was a, a, a political campaign critter, worked all positions and levels of political campaigns from uh, local to national to presidential. Um, I continue to do some political consulting on the side, kind of as, as a, a gig behind the scenes and in, in the evenings. And uh, because of that and my degrees, I also occasionally will teach political science for uh, Spoon, where I work. Uh, And I also help uh, as an assistant coach for our baseball team. So um, professionally, that's who I am. I still occasionally will play baseball in the summer. Um, I golf very poorly. I like to say that golf plays me. I don't play golf. Uh, And uh, enjoy traveling, especially occasionally for for Bruce shows. Yeah. My most eclectic hobby, which is probably the one that I am am most known for in the online world, is that um, I am a photographer and a storm chaser. And so I travel across the Midwest and and the Great Plains in in search of dramatic skies and and supercells and supercell thunderstorms and tornadoes, uh, which I have done since 2002. How did you get into that? Oh, man. Um, You know, I I don't really exactly remember how I got into it, other than I remember that um, it's entirely my mom's fault because when I was growing up, uh, about the time I think it was six or so, uh, is when the movie Twister came out. And and she took me to the movie theater to see it. And um, it's been a lifelong obsession ever since. I, I uh, was very interested in in weather and meteorology growing up. Um, finally decided to kind of take the leap into, into pursuing it when um, I had a family friend who was also interested and willing to drive me around until I could get my own license. And um, you know, meteorology wasn't at the time when I was in college, it wasn't a great field to get into. It's much better now
0: okay. uh, in terms of
1: employment opportunities. Um, but I kind of have the best of both worlds. I was able to, to pursue you know, politics was another passion of mine. Um, when I was in high school and college, it still is now. But mm-hmm. in those days, that was a big passion of mine. I was able to kind of do all the, the meteorology stuff on the side without having to do the math and the well, really the math that um, is required to be able to do um, operational meteorology.
2: When you were in college, what position uh, in baseball did you play? I pitched. Okay, you were a pitcher, huh?
1: Yep, solely a pitcher. Yeah, once um, I was a decent hitter in high school. I played corner infield for the most part. A lot of third base, occasional first base. Yeah. When I didn't pitch, but um, it was it was solely to pitch. Once I get to college, they, they didn't want any part of my bat, and I don't blame them. Okay.
2: Very nice. Uh, but you were, uh, you were able to play all, you know, through yeah. your whole college career.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I'll say beyond not in a professional sense. Um, yeah. You know, I've been fortunate enough that there are some, some very competitive adult leagues uh, here in central Illinois, including one that is the, uh, the longest running um, amateur baseball league in the United States. The mm-hmm. United States. And so there are, um, um, you know ample opportunities for me to be able to play the last two years or so that hasn't been the case with with COVID yeah of course uh, you know for obvious reasons uh-huh. that, that's it, it's it's been available to me this year um, I just haven't taken advantage of it unfortunately but um, I, I really I, I learned a lot of life lessons playing collegiate athletics and um, a lot of things that I use in my my work in my everyday life now that I, I wouldn't trade yeah. the
2: world do do you still pitch when you're uh, Yeah, when, it, when I
1: play, yeah, that's, that's uh-huh. right. uh, Very um, nice. It requires a couple more ibuprofen than it required in college. <laughs> very nice.
2: Uh, I have tickets uh, toward the end of August for um, to go see the Astros. They're going to be here mm-hmm. in Arlington to see yep. the Rangers, and I'm I'm excited about seeing the new ballpark.
1: Like, oh, yeah. You know, I heard beautiful
2: yeah I, I, I love the old ballpark and mm-hmm. I am in the grumpy old man like I don't know if we needed a new ballpark you know this one was right. pretty good but I do think that I will enjoy the air conditioning you know now that it, it, it has a dome but uh, sure. yeah that's that's cool now well,
1: I, am, uh, I am from kind of the area where I went to college is kind of the area that um, as, a, as a rangers fan you probably recognize the name Jim Sundberg
0: yes um, absolutely Jim
1: was a, a native of galesburg and um, still is he doesn't live around the area but you can still catch him around the area from time to time and yeah uh, super super nice guy of um, i mean as nice as you would expect him to be off the field and yeah. obviously a, a huge fan favorite in, in in ranger world
2: absolutely just a a class act and yep. and truly you know one of our you know we we as a Texas Ranger fan, you don't have that many, you know, (laughs) iconic players. So, uh, you know, uh, the, you know, so, uh, Sunberg was always just somebody and, and did a lot of work on, uh, you know, on the TV and radio. So yeah, yeah, good guy, really good guy. Yeah. Uh, so are you a fan of professional baseball or I am? Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm a Cubs fan and and kind of in mourning right now. Um, you know, for, for those who aren't baseball fans who, who are going to be listening to this, um, the the Cubs won the World Series in 2016 for the first time in 108 years. Um, and just this past week, uh, we had the trade deadline in the MLB, and um, the Cubs dealt away several of the of the core players from that 2016 team that were um, you know, big-time fan favorites. And, and at least in the case of, of one of them, I think, uh, we're expected maybe to to continue being with the Cubs maybe for the rest of his career. Yeah. Uh, and Anthony Rizzo. Um, but, uh, you know, times change and it is a, uh, it, it is a business first and foremost, unfortunately, and you know the players kind of have to come and go at the, um, um, at the expense of the emotions of the fans for the, the long-term betterment of, of the franchise and, um, yeah, so those Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, um, even Kimberl to a, to a lesser extent, um, all big fan favorites and, and all sent uh, to other teams in exchange for some future prospects that hopefully will pay out.
2: Yeah, uh, the Rangers, um, traded Joey Galloway to yep. New York, yep. and there was uh, a lot of, among the fans because he had he was very vocal oh, yeah. about wanting to be a Ranger, it's very rare. That the rangers are able to take someone from their farm system and build them up and okay. and he had gotten better for the long time he home oh, yeah. strikes and he had starting gotten better at getting walks yep and um you know the
1: power's never been a question
2: right, yeah, and so, but you know uh Scott Boris is you know the he is a very good agent for He's his what he players does. <laughs> yes he is but uh he is a you know so we were kind of s- sad about that and um and then you have the and i promise listeners we're gonna get to Bruce in a minute um you also then you have the are they gonna do anything with these prospect right? right like you you had a player that was good and i realized the rangers are horrible right now and they're not going to be good. For another couple of years, but it does seem it, it doesn't always work to cross back where you trade Herschel right. Walker, get all the picks, and Jimmy Johnson, you know, makes his yeah. magic and gets, you know, two out of three, you know, uh, you yeah. know, two out of four, you know, three Super Bowls over four years, yeah. you know, with yeah. that staff. Uh, that doesn't always happen that way.
1: No, it's, it's pretty rare that it does, but yeah, um, you know, the. the in the Cubs and the, and the Rangers cases. Yeah. I think that, you know, the thought process is these are younger guys that you're going to be able to have around longer term. Right. And that, um, you know, if, if two of them pan out into good, solid, everyday ball players, then you can, you can, you can build the rest in free agency. Um, yeah. And so it's, it's always just a balancing act, I think. And
2: um, You know, and, and for those of you who may not be sports fans, you know, think about how a few people were upset when Morello joined the Eastery band for that. When little Steven was, you know, off uh, doing Lilyhammer, you That's know, a and, I, yeah. and and a lot of people are like, Oh, we don't need that. Anything that needs to be done, Niels or Bruce could do. And, um, and by the way, I, I enjoyed Morello. I thought oh, you, yeah. you could tell he was having a blast. I mean, Absolutely. you could just tell he just enjoyed the hell out of it, but I, just imagine that, you know, if the E street band, you let, you know, let players go and drafted other ones and got this and, you know, and didn't have that core group that we've been lucky enough to have, you know, for uh, with, you know, certainly missing Danny and Clarence, but overall it's been a core group that we've been able to enjoy for a lot of years.
1: That's a, that's a fantastic comparison, actually. And a nice segue. So well done on your part. Well,
2: thank you. You know, (laughs) Hey, I might, I might get good at this if I keep it up. All right. So Colin always like to go to the beginning. So you, you said you grew up um, there in Illinois, right? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of music did your family listen to?
3: Sure.
1: So I, I I'm very grateful that I had family who really introduced me to a wide range of music as I was growing up. Um, you know, mom, especially was a frequent NPR listener. Um, okay. and my dad, and so the local NPR station here was, is, um, when they're not news, it's classical music. And my dad actually sang in the, uh, Met Opera in New York city in the early 1980s. Wow. Uh, well, I got, I got my share of classical music growing up. Both of them were, um, and, and still are heavily involved in, in performing arts. And so, um, you know, I was exposed to plenty of, of musicals and show tunes growing up. Uh, my grandparents were um, country music fans, but um, largely the old stuff. So, I mean, I'm not personally not a huge fan of, of some of the newer country, but I, I do love because it was kind of instilled in me in, in the younger days. Um, I do love the, the Willies, the Waylands, the, the yeah. Conways, people like that. Um as well as some some folk music, but my parents really got me hooked on um, on on music from the nineteen sixties to nineteen eighties, which is kind of my um my forte, both I was gonna say outside of Bruce, but but Bruce obviously fits right in yeah, it does. the latter half of that.
2: So um Colin, as you started to grow up, it sounds I mean, did you run through a, a rebellious stage where you we're kind of rejecting your parents' and grandparents' music and finding your own, or are you only, kind of...
1: Yeah, so only really with the, the, the Broadway musicals and show tunes, and not because I disliked it, but I think, I think you're on to something with the rebellious phase, that it's not so much that I had a rebellious phase, it's that I grew up almost... You know, when they're doing several performances a year... Of, of musicals um and, and plays i kind of had it shoved down my throat isn't the best way to, to, to verbalize it but that's all i'm coming up with here yeah but to the point that i i didn't resent it but it 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 just became less enjoyable um and so it's not even today they're they're not my my favorite um mm-hmm. i do of course support my parents and, and everything that they do in the performing arts and and they're very fortunate that, that katie is a huge huge broadway um nut. um you know I, I it's generally a fight in the car whether we're going to be listening to to sirius xm on broadway or or e street radio oh, uh, right and, and so even though it's not my thing my parents have, have katie to to talk through um in Broadway music as well. So it wasn't really so much a rebellious thing as much as it just was I had enough of it and got kind of sick of it. You know, it's where you, you, you eat cheesecake and cheesecake and cheesecake and then yeah. all of a sudden uh, it's like, wow, I just really don't like cheesecake anymore. It was that kind
2: yeah. of yeah, I can't imagine not
1: liking cheesecake, No,
2: but I, I did go through this spell where I had eaten so much cold cereal growing up that, you know, my early 20s, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And then like in my 30s or 40s, I went, wow, cold cereal's really cool for a change of pace. You know, on Sunday, you don't feel like cooking. Big old bowl of raisin bran or something, you know. So, yeah, I, I get that. When did you discover Bruce? And yeah. can you say what about him spoke to you?
1: Yeah, well, let's start with the first part. I truthfully cannot say that I remember the exact you know moment that i would say i started listening to bruce um you know i'd always been kind of familiar with and really enjoyed his more famous songs sure um and and if there were a spotify equivalent back in the day a lot of those were in my spotify equivalent and that kind of goes back to 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 that that 1960s and 1980s being my forte it it just naturally fit in there you know the, the um the early stuff with greetings or Wild the innocent border on darkness all of that and even the river uh and, and born in the usa played enough on on one of my local radio stations that i loved growing up that that is no longer in existence but i know i really started to to listen to um to some of his deeper cuts right around the time that tim russert died actually uh, back in 2008 was i think that was he i i was a huge fan of tim's being the political nut that i was even even you know, right at the beginning of my college age years that bruce and some fans may remember this bruce zoomed in um yes. zoomed to uh tim's memorial service and played an acoustic version of thunder road right and um you know i had heard thunder road before of course um it was one that got some fairly regular radio time on, on the classic rock stations around here. But that was the first time that I heard it as the acoustic version. Really the first time that I had, had really listened to and, and made a conscious effort to comprehend the lyrics. Um, and so I do remember that being kind of the catalyst for listening to, to um, taking his music more seriously and listening to it um, in greater detail. What about it spoke to me, you know, despite not really knowing the the time or when I discovered Bruce, if you will. Um, I do know I, I was hooked for life when um, some of the, the music channels on TV, um, you know, the VH1s and things like that would, would occasionally play um, the full concerts of, of not just Bruce, but, but a lot of different artists, but um, specifically the, 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 um, the Madison square garden um, uh, DVD from the reunion tour. Um, and then of course uh, uh, the Barcelona show from the rising tour. Um, and, and those got me hooked for life. Um, I do, I do absolutely remember that because uh, I I'm, I'm not somebody that is generally prone to, to peer pressure, but those audiences at those concerts in, in, in those productions, um, convinced me that I was missing out on something. Um, and, and the amount of, of genuine, um, fun, I guess you'd say that the Bruce and the band were having on stage, that, that was palpable through a TV screen. And you know, I'd been to plenty of concerts in my life. Um, but, but none of them looked or, or felt is probably the better way. Um, like uh, of saying it like those concerts did to me um, specifically in, in the Barcelona show uh, the, the, the solo version of, of incident on 57th street where he's just playing the piano um, that was that was the, the song and the performance that reeled me in and um, you know like like all of Bruce's best songs in my opinion it's, it's the storytelling it's the characters uh, and the relatability to your own experiences. So it, it's why I never have gotten tired or, or will get tired of, of Bruce or his music, but it sure seems like like those things are kind of a common denominator for um, the people that I, I revere as the best songwriters of all time. Um, Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Carole King, John Prine, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. All of them are, are behind Bruce, of course, for me um but but they're all at the um at the adult table i guess you'd say of the songwriters thanksgiving um, okay
2: yeah that's that's interesting i um i can remember watching russet's uh um you know uh funeral mm-hmm. and um and like i think his brother-in-law or somebody did a a um yeah a, you know born to, run. born to run on the guitar yeah Yeah, yeah did and uh i'd forgotten that yeah and uh i remember it it was um you know i also big fan of his you know in the whiteboard you know mm-hmm. uh, he was steve kernacki before steve kernacki was right. you know <laughs> right you know uh that's and, right. and it was just it it uh that's a that's a great moment that's a good memory Um, so I always like to preface this, you know, Colin, with the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are, but, um, because of circumstances, locations, you know, age, but, uh, have you got to have you've, you've said you've lived through TV, but have you been able to go to the live shows? And if so, do you count?
1: I, 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 I think I went back, I think I'm at 13. Um, And, and for all the reasons that, that you mentioned why I'm on the lower end of that spectrum is, yeah. is you know, I'm on the newer end of, of the Bruce fandom. Um, and, and really my, my, my more recent, um, uh, statuses as, as college students and young professional and, and right. overworked and underpaid campaign staff or where you're working 70 hour work weeks a lot. Um, I wasn't able to hit a lot of the tours that were early on in my fandom. You know, I, I, I magic working on a dream um you know those that that extended tour was going on um really when i started getting into it I, I did get to see a couple of shows on um on the working on a dream tour um both on the the original working on a dream tour and then when they swung back through for the arenas um, later um and 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 where i am he didn't really come close on high hopes um, right but i i i sure as hell sold out on, on the river 2016. And and I'm definitely glad I did that for sure.
2: Yeah. I, um, same thing. Um, you know, I, it's one of those, uh, moments Mm -hmm. of, you know, when in 2000, um, in 2000, I guess, 2012, when a wrecking ball tour, He wasn't getting anywhere close to dallas right and my wife and i were wanting to do a vacation together anyway and i've told the story multiple times we ended up leaving from dallas driving up through uh kentucky doing half the kentucky bourbon trail going up seeing cleveland seeing him in cleveland did did the rock and roll hall of fame came back finished the kentucky bourbon trail and then went home And we called it our Bruce and Bourbon tour.
1: Hey, that sounds like a great tour. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I've had a couple of people go that. That sounds like a perfect vacation. Yeah,
1: Um, I did catch. I caught uh, uh, on on Wrecking Ball. I caught Night One at Wrigley, and and it was about all I could could muster. I was in the. That was. um, I remember right. It was largely a fall tour, um, and and especially when he came close, and that was an election year for me. Um, well and
2: you also have now then you have a young daughter yep and and so like um and much like i've used this analogy before much like when you miss an extra point um early in a football game the team seems to be chasing it all Mm -hmm. uh, i i feel like i'm chasing concerts because i got 2002 was the first show i went to so i I feel like
1: i I, I can relate to that completely yeah Uh, that that yeah like i said i i'll, I'll i'm only 32 or about yeah. to do 32. so i mean it's it's not like i've missed out on a lot of years of bruce fandom right but i i feel the same way that i'm chasing those years that that bruce wasn't a bigger part of my life i guess you could say
2: yeah and uh, i remember um When the reunion tour was happening, I I don't remember what, but something family oriented, something to do with my son, like he was involved, something to do with his school and the night that Bruce was going to be here in Dallas. And, yeah. and I, you know, made the father decision, like, and now then looking back, it couldn't have been that important of an item right. and I could have seen the reunion tour, but uh, we're okay. Uh, so that's pretty funny. You,
1: you can't make, you can't make the wrong decision when you make a decision to miss something like that for a family reason. Yeah, You're not, you're not making the wrong choice by the end.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Um, so uh, let's talk about albums or songs that mean a lot to you, yeah. And share me. And, and do you have any stories from the road, or like any concert stories you want to share?
1: Yeah, so, so concert stories, I, I, I don't have a ton. Um, other than I I, I think I, I, I have a very high rate of, of bringing first timers to shows, um, compared to. Uh, probably the average. Um, you know, I, I would say, and uh, I've probably brought at least ten, maybe maybe twelve or, or more first timers with me um, to these shows. And and my favorite first timer, uh, and, and and this is, I guess, a story to some extent. Um, I took two of them to uh, the Milwaukee show in uh, the 2016 River Tour. Uh, one of whom. Uh, had worked in in radio for thirty years and and um, various markets across the country, uh, Las Vegas, um, um, Twin Cities. One of the most knowledgeable people I've I've ever met when it comes to music, and and in fact, you know we're good friends anyway. So I would ask him anyway, but but that musical knowledge, he's always one of the first people I ask if we're going to do a trivia night or something like that. Um, one of the first people I call because. Uh, of of how good his musical knowledge is Mm -hmm. and not, not just any one genre. I mean, the whole gamut. Um, We never lose a trivia um, partially because of him, but we sat in the very top row of, of the Bradley center. um, As far as you could possibly sit away from, from the stage. And I'll tell you, I think side note, I, I do think that is personally the way that, you should go if you're a first timer, um, not necessarily being in the pit or, or down low. I think you want to be up high because I, so much of it has to do with the experience, um, and, and kind of the, the, um, the feel of the community around you. Yes. And I, I don't think you get that full experience if you're up close to the stage. I think you need to be back the first time that you go see, um, in Bruce and E Street. But, but I, I, I still remember the tone in his voice. Um, when, when he said, wow, um, when the lights went out on the very last drum beat of um of uh, two hearts yeah um and, and another side note the, the meet me in the city through the two hearts um live is is one hell of a way to introduce somebody it to a show yes. for the first time or to their first Bruce concert but he is as as big of a fan of queen as um as you'll ever meet never find um saw them in their prime and I specifically remember him walking away from the concert in Milwaukee saying that queen and their prime didn't compare to, to Bruce and E Street at age 65 or so. Wow, uh, that's
2: impressive.
1: It's probably the, the single greatest compliment that, that Bruce and, and, and the band could get. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, they, they, they'll probably never hear it, but, right. but um to have somebody with that kind of knowledge um, and that kind of fandom of uh, not even arguably, absolutely one of the greatest live bands, live acts that have ever walked on this planet um, say something like that about, about uh, Bruce and E Street band, uh, just an unbelievable compliment. And, and um, the other, uh, the other side note there is uh, I, my, I may be one of the very few fans out there who has actually seen uh, none but the brave be performed twice. That's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: that is very Um, cool. Yeah.
1: yeah. Trying to. uh, While you're thinking. A couple of the others. Yeah. yeah,
2: While you're thinking. uh, So uh, I do another podcast called um, How Many, which is Mm -hmm. basically just an excuse for my buddies and I to get together and you Nothing know yeah just it, and so the premise usually is we come up with a topic and then like uh how many significant songs does a band have and then yeah. we'll go through the list and we all vote and dig. so we've got an episode that's being edited but we had a list of the top 75 rock frontmen Okay, and then the discussion was how many do we agree are truly great frontmen, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, of course, we we talked about like is like is Dylan a great frontman? He's certainly, but it does he does he perform on stage like Mick Jagger, right? Like right. is it a, right. and the number one on the list was Freddie Mercury. I mean, yeah. and and there was no doubt on that. So to hear someone who's that big of a fan talk about and Queen in their prime was an amazing. I, I wish I could have seen them live.
1: Same.
2: You know, you see live aid and you watch this, you know, and you go, holy moly. And and we went to Austin and they had a um Killer Queen, which is a yeah. you know, and and it was fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it was great to watch him you know this this sound alike perform and it was you they have so many good songs so that's i agree that's a pretty strong um a pretty strong you know compliment
1: and and from somebody i can't really overstate the amount of musical knowledge and and experience that he has um so just you know the type of person that's coming from um he's he's seen his share of acts and, and seen his and listened to his share of, of talent
2: so um i might have in fact i will ask you to do an yeah. introduction because i would love to have him talk about queen and share on the show you oh know? yeah i'd love yeah, that I that would be fun to.
1: yeah you'd yeah, like super, yeah super
2: that. that sounds great um so I, i've always wanted to go to see a show in chicago it seems like Wrigley and whatever it seems like he he always has and I think every city could say that like Philly says yep. well he always does something a little special and then like yeah. when we were in uh, my son and I went and saw one of the at the end of the river tour that three nights at, at Metropolitan mm-hmm. you know and and we saw the second night it was pretty interesting but it does seem Chicago has an energy that is pretty cool so that must have been fun to see him there
1: it's that's i would say that's probably been the majority of the play uh, of the concerts that i've been to have been in chicago and um you know of uh, uh, i have not found one that was um subpar in energy i i would like to i have not made the 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 pilgrimage so to speak to to see a show in philly or or Um, at the Meadowlands or or something where the, the the special things often happen. Right. Um, But I, I, I need to, because I would imagine that it's, I would imagine it's, it's fairly similar to Chicago. Just, just the intensity bumped up a little bit.
2: Yeah. You know, um, Dallas is not a good place. They, (laughs) you know, and, and I remember when the, when the Cowboys were start just starting to get good again. Yeah. um, The big hair and fake boob crowd as my sports station (laughs) talked about it, right. That they were there at the game because it was a place to go. It was a place to be seen, not because they're a huge football fan. And I sometimes feel the same thing that there certainly are diehard Bruce fans that live in Dallas, but the crowd you know, cause I've gone to like when I was in Nashville, that was a really exciting show. It, sure. it, 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 you know, it was a different electricity and um, and so I, I, I say that with, you know, I, I love going to these different cities to kind of feel the moment. Like we, we drove up to Oklahoma city and there was like, it didn't sell out. Yeah. And, and, you know, so we had the discussion chicken or the egg does he doesn't does he not go to Oklahoma City because he doesn't get a lot of support or right. does he not get a lot of support because he never goes to Oklahoma right. City right. you know so yeah
1: so I, I I've only been to one I, I did go to um I think it was Des Moines in yeah. the working on a dream tour that was that was kind of similar that didn't sell out that yeah um you know I I think I walked in uh, I don't know, maybe maybe an hour before showtime, and they handed me a wristband, and for my general admission ticket, they handed me a wristband, and I walked up four rows from the stage. Um, it filled in to 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 a certain extent, and, but I almost felt like because it, it's still one of the better ones that I've gone to that. Bruce has got that little competitive edge that says, yeah, I, I'm going to show you guys um, <laughs> and, and make the people who didn't, who didn't make it to the show. Um, yeah. Regret not having been there. And, and it, to some extent, you're going to have that, I think with every city and every act that, that um, some of it's just going to be, some of the places just going to be filled with people who are looking to get out for the night and, and, you know, drink some beer and, and, here born to run a dancing in the dark play because they've heard it on the radio
2: yeah but, yeah and there's um but,
1: but you know it's um i i'm trying to remember i don't know if it, i don't remember if it's if it's donna from bruce Bonds or or who it is but always makes the point that it's it's always somebody's first show yes. um, so even those even those po- folks in a lot of cases they they might have come because of the name and they left because they're fans and uh, you got to start somewhere
2: Yeah, and uh, I've talked about that. And yes, it is Donna who said that. In fact, that was like on the back of one of her Bruce Fun shirts. Um, And I I make that argument, too, when like I have a buddy will go, well, you know, do we really need to hear Born to Run again? Let me, you know, take out Born to Run and let's do none but the brave or, you know. And I'm like, yes, but someone is at that show that's never seen Bruce. And, you know, you want to have that. Um, I... I love the idea of, you know, and I've said there's two kinds of people, the people that go to the show and go, wow, that was long. Yeah. <laughs> and the people that go, oh, my goodness, I, I've never seen anything like this and become yeah. fascinated because you it is the a story I hear often doing this is I didn't get it till I saw it live.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: I didn't I get it that. till I saw it. Right.
1: Yeah. My parents are perfect examples of that, that, yeah. um, you know, when, when, even, even in my early Bruce fandom days, you know, yeah. my mom was always uh, not, not disrespectful, but, but she never really dug into Bruce because she's yeah. like, Oh yeah, I can barely understand what he says sometimes anyway. That's exactly
2: like, what my wife said. I'm, yes. I'm like,
1: just, just trust me you know, right. knowing the, the type of music that she likes and the type of, um, songwriters that she likes in fact a lot of the same ones that i that i mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. just trust me come to the show she's been you know three or four times with me now and and she got it immediately yeah Um, and and that was what it took and uh i finally got my dad to go um to the last one that i went to which was um on the arena swing of 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 the river tour in 2016 Mm -hmm. same way um you know he can be stubborn, um, like any of us, I guess. And, and certainly the the tree didn't grow far from where the apple fell in that yeah. regard, but, um, likes to, I kind of liken him to a cat in some ways that, that it needs to be his idea for, for it yes. to be. A, a good, yes. <laughs> I, to I understand um, that. Yes. I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to tell him that I, I did this just so he doesn't have to hear that, but I'd probably say that to his face anyway. Um, but but in the days after the show, I'm getting six, seven text messages from him. Hey, what was this song? What was that song? Because he's going home and, and looking him up and yeah. listening to him again. Yeah. And, and so he got it. She got it. Um, Katie was the same way, that that she was fine with Bruce. But when she went to the live show, that's when um that's when it, it really started to hit home for her too and and now she you know he's got either three or four bruce songs on her on her normal uh playlist that she uses when she goes on a run
2: um yeah with, and not
1: just i mean they're, they're yeah. things like candy's room and roulette i mean they're, yeah. they're deeper cuts
2: so when linda went with me to 2002 um she, you know he was doing um the rising and mm-hmm. so she didn't know any of the songs right sure. um he did work on the highway which made her happy yep but so she was she said did you have fun and and i said look if he had gone out played born to run and then left i would have felt like i got my yeah. money's worth you know yeah. I, you know i this is you know bucket list hearing bruce springsteen do born to run live um And so when we were doing our Bruce and Bourbon tour, um, she really liked Wrecking Ball. Yeah. She liked that CD. There were several songs she really liked. And, And we, driving up there, we would spend time where she would, I'd play a song and she would Google the lyrics to read along. Yeah. And the other thing I told her is, because she had the same, concern like he mumbles I like can't understand his lyrics and I said think of it as an instrumental just think of his voice as just another yeah. instrument like peter and the wolf or something just yep. just listen to the emotion in the song and that helped her and the second time she went she had done a little bit of work so sure. she she knew at probably a third of the songs maybe half yeah, and kept looking at me. You didn't show me this one. You didn't play me this yep. one. And I'm like, okay, let me explain how Bruce changes this around, Linda. And <laughs> yeah, so never she know from night to yeah, night. Yeah. So she's now seen him three times, and she has said, next year, she goes, I know you want to go to many shows as you can, but if there's any way possible, I want to go at least one show with you. And I'm like, awesome. absolutely, yeah, that's yeah. that's great, yeah, that's and, fine. And funny
1: you mentioned you know, Wrecking Ball for for her. Um, If I had to take a guess, um, going back to my dad, I knew he he knew or or had an idea on, I don't know, maybe a third of the songs. Probably, Uh, you know, the Born to Run, the the Born to Runs, the Badlands, the um, uh, trying to remember what else was played that night. But but you get you get like the promised lands, things like that, that he might have heard on the radio here and there but I I think the one that, that did it for him was uh, Jack of all trades. Yeah. Um, I don't know this, but I would, I would guess that, that he saw, um, you know, some of himself, um, certainly some of his dad in, in that, um, my grandfather in that, um, in that song. And, And, and I think that, that, you know, Bruce is, is beloved by, by so many people because he has the ability to make the, the radio-worthy ro- rocker whenever he wants yes. to. I mean, they're born to run, dancing in the dark, even even ghosts now um, yeah. uh, are, are perfect ex- evidence of that. But I think the reason that those of us who are are more hardcore fans that immerse ourselves, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, in, in Bruce's music, um, is because of, of his ability to develop characters, um, tell stories that, that speak to our own experiences and, and really impart life lessons on us from a really wise place. Um, Bruce, what, what I, and still coming across when he does that, still coming across with a, with a, a genuine um, humility and down-to-earth nature of it. The, the way that, that um, I don't know if this is a, a fully original thought, because I think I heard something along these lines, but, but I, I, I'm going to roll with it here in my own words a little bit. Um, you know, Bruce doesn't just tell his own story and ask you to come along with him. Bruce is Bruce is telling your story yeah. and he gets you involved in, in, in that story before you have the opportunity to make a decision um, that, that before you even have the opportunity to decide that you weren't going to walk the direction that he's taking you. Uh, Um, i i I think that is what i think that's what has has developed him such a a loyal fan base in addition to the size of the fan base
2: yeah i totally agree you know um i love jack of all trades and Mm -hmm. was in the first time linda listened to it um you know, the ending where he said, if I had me a gun, you know, like, where did it take this dark turn? <laughs> what, where we're going. Yep. Um, just so much goodness and gun. Um, I do want to take just a little bit of a detour. Sure. Um, you mentioned being involved in political campaigns.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, what led you to want to do that? And why did you decide you wanted to do something else
1: yeah take me uh,
2: through that journey a little yeah, bit yeah
1: so it I again it's one of those cases I, I never really can pinpoint exactly what it was that that led me down that um down that path but I I, I do remember my mom was my mom had worked some political campaigns including um uh you know, like a state representative in a, in a congressional race when I was really young. And I, I remember um, I vividly remember the, the, the 2000 election um, and all the, the analysis and everything that was going on the night of, of there, um, you know, not to get too crazy, crazy personal with, with ideology, but um, it was right about the time that, that, Barack Obama was running for for president um, when I kind of made the shift from um from meteorology to uh political science it was yeah um it was my way of of I always kind of felt like I had good instincts in it first of all but but that was my way of of saying hey i can you know i can do something that's going to change the the um the direction of the world so to speak and so um yeah that was the first political campaign that i ever worked on was was the obama campaign and then i enjoyed it so much um of course it helps when you're when you're successful Uh, uh, i enjoyed it so much that that it, it that was right at the time that i was beginning college um and so while i was working the campaign I'm taking classes that that um, work toward that degree and 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 would be useful in um, in working in, in politics.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but then, like I said, you know, having taking a very small part in a in a successful campaign then leads you to okay, yeah, this is this is cool. Um, yeah. This is something that that uh, that you enjoy and that you want to continue being a part of, and and so I, I did. Um, the reason that, that I changed paths after that, and, and it's not, I don't even say that I changed paths because I'm still very involved politically. Um, yeah. it's, it's, you know, I, I'm involved with, with the local party here. Um, I still have some very, very good friends in, in Springfield, Illinois here where our state capital is and, and in DC that, um, I will call upon and good connections with most of of my elected officials around here. But what really pushed me into the direction where I am now and into the the, the, um, educational fundraising is that I, the long hours, first and foremost, on the campaign um, did not lend themselves well to um, having any kind of a relationship or a family or anything like that. And so, um, that pushed me, uh, a slightly different direction, but it's, it's really not what I tell people is what I do now is, is so similar because literally every, every skill that I learned or developed in, in political campaigns, I'm using now. Yeah, um, you know, I did a lot of fundraising on political campaigns, um, first and foremost, and, and Second of all, a lot of what I do is, is trying to, to build coalitions for a common cause. Yeah. Um, and, and all fundraising is the same. Yeah. It's, it's matching a, a prospective donor and, and their wishes to a, a cause that they can, that they can, or a problem that they can help solve. Yeah. And, um, this was something that I wasn't going to make 50% of the people mad at me just by telling them who I worked for. Yeah, Educational fundraising is a, is a, is a much easier sell, I guess you could say. Um, So I, I I keep my feet in the political waters because it's, it's such a passion of mine. Yeah. Um, But what I do now is, is not at all dissimilar to, to what I have done on campaigns before.
2: I, I, I can't remember what pundit said it, but um they said that the reaction to bruce's super bowl ad on the both extremes tells you how far away we are from a middle
1: yeah you know
2: that you get and and i thought that was really you know because i as a springsteen fan in fact when it it happened the night before the super bowl i actually thought that it might be fake that yeah. they had taken outtakes from western stars and right. put it together because you know there's some really creative people out there that they'll do fan trailers for yeah. a, a new super you know a, some kind of comic book movie and they've just pulled things and it they <laughs> built it you know and so i was like hey this is it so i i understood what he was trying to say and that message and i do know that um you know i went to dinner with one of my best friends from high school yeah. and uh last week and he's very very conservative sure. you know and i've over my years have become very very liberal yeah and you know we just I just let him speak because I love him and I don't want to try to convince him, you know, change, you know? Um, so it is kind of, I I love your statement though. It's a little sad that half your audience immediately (laughs) wants to turn you off when you say, you know, I'm here for this.
1: It was, um, yeah, I, I am obviously on, on the same side of the ideological spectrum. I would consider myself to be generally, pretty progressive i mean not yeah um maybe not like super far left but but pretty yeah. far left. Yeah. um and and i remember even having to to defend that ad um with people that that i know to be further left ideologically than than me yeah um but I also come from a little bit of a unique place in that, you know, when I worked for um, I used to work for, for um, a couple of state senators here in Illinois, including one yeah. who um, was the one, it was in leadership and in, in the assistant majority leader um, seat. And, and so to some extent, you know, I got to, to have some interaction with um, senators on the other side of the aisle. Yeah. And I knew, you know, even as a, as a young impressionable kid that, that they, their ideology might be mine, not, might not align with mine, but. A lot of, of, of those guys and ladies um, were. Still there for the right reason, just different, different direction on how they get to the, to the end goal. So I, I have my, you know, my, my concerns that. We've gotten away from that. I agree, and um, but but even as recently as you know, ten years ago or so, I still felt that that in general everybody was still coming from or toward the the right end, um, just different means to get there. But yeah. uh, so yeah. I, I guess I've always seen the value of of what compromise can mean and, and how that can be good governing, even though uh, you know we may. Ideologically, only get sorry. Can have a bug that keeps flying around. No, you. no,
2: no. That you're good. He,
1: uh, I'm on the. I'm on my porch to not wake up my kid. Okay. Uh, ideologically, we might not always get what we want, but but compromise is is how good governing happens. Well, um, it, I always saw the value in that, yeah, and thus I, I could see where Bruce and, and that ad were coming from.
2: Yeah, like I have a really good friend um, that. His as he says, what what bothers him the most is we have gotten out of that you want safe borders, I want safe borders, mm-hmm. we disagree how to do it. Yeah. Let's get together and figure out how to accomplish that goal. Yeah. You want everyone to have health insurance, I want everyone to have health insurance. Yeah. Why can't we find a middle find somewhere where we yeah. can accomplish that goal? And it is and we won't get too political, but it is just i'm right you're wrong and there's there's nothing to discuss and yeah the
1: the the shades of gray have gone away over the years yeah
2: yeah and and i do think that um there is and and i know listeners I, i certainly understand that there is um a lot of politicians currently that are making very unwise choices from my perspective and are not um there is a lot of problems with our current uh two parties, but um it does seem like I and my my boss um uh, is similar to you. He now is a VP at um the company I work, but for the longest time he was a political operative and mm-hmm. he always he says I didn't work Republican or Democrat, I picked people. Yeah. In other words, it was i heard the it, same thing a lot yeah it was friends. <laughs> or people that I knew that I knew were good people yeah. that I knew had the right heart. And so he helped their campaign. And so, uh, and and I think that's interesting. Well, uh, yeah, I tend to um, try to be as political as possible and, and try to share, you know, I'm one of those silly people that, you know, calls my senator's office and calls my congressman and emails them and you know it's uh, in in,
1: in most cases it works um in fact i i won't get into it that was that was my um that was actually my my master's capstone was was um the more or less the effectiveness of of um citizen advocacy versus um paid advocacy if you will the 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 impact of of grassroots citizens versus yeah and and special interest groups and and it works citizen advocacy works
2: well good i i sometimes feel like um senator cruz and senator corman do not care because sure. i'm in a very very i, I
1: get it I but get it. uh
2: you know uh but i keep you know trying i keep doing you know yep. um, you yeah uh so getting back to bruce yep um hopefully he's going to tour yeah, And, you know, are there songs you haven't heard live that you want to hear?
1: So I thought that um, I had gotten to the point where I had pretty much gotten everything I'd wanted in concerts. Um, but he complicated that a little bit by releasing Western Stars and Letter to You, which I Absolutely. think are, are, are both just absolute masterpieces yeah. um, you know and for me working on a dream wrecking ball uh high hopes they had good songs i could listen right. but but as albums they haven't withstood this, the, the test of time for me you know okay. but um western stars and, and letter to you I, I i'm you know western stars came out two years ago over two years ago yeah um letter came out last year i I haven't put him down since
2: yeah and and we got that great film yeah you know western stars and and i'm so jealous of that barn Um, yeah i I picture that's where they're having their olympic watching party is he's put up a big 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 tv in the barn and uh you know and they're watching jessica um that yeah i i absolutely and you know i often preface like not counting the two new albums. Are there other songs you want to hear live? Right. But I am so, I would love to hear anything from those albums. I, I can't wait to hear If I Was the Priest. Yeah. You know, I, and Burning Train and Ghost. And, and yeah, just, yeah. And,
1: and Song for Orphan. I, Ghosts. I mean, it, it's, it's got to be the tour opener. Or the, yeah. the, the set list opener, I would think, yeah. for, for a lot of the next tour. And, um, you know, assuming that we do eventually make it through the pandemic, yeah 30,000 people of your 30,000 your best friends around you all screaming i'm alive at the top of our top of your lungs gonna feel gonna be the most cathartic thing ever Um,
2: i will tell you i i I talked about this um sarah hickman who is a singer songwriter from the she grew up in houston she went to school in North Texas. And she now lives in Austin and she played, she, she does not perform live much anymore, but she, she played last Saturday night as we record yep. this July 31st at Port David's pub in Dallas. And it was about, um, you know, maybe a couple hundred people in the club. It's a small club. Yep. And she sang and played. And I will tell you, it just felt so good to be in yes. live music.
1: Yeah, I mean, yep. just,
2: it felt so right
1: yeah i yeah. get it I, you know I, I have not had the since the pandemic started i don't think i've had the the live music experience so our our daughter has a um, has a congenital heart defect which you wouldn't know normally um doesn't impact her at all from day to day we wouldn't even know it existed and the doctor's not caught it just kind of randomly um but but i've been operating under the assumption that if she were to get covid she would be yeah. at a higher risk for a complication from it. So absolutely, the, the the indoor bars, the the restaurants. I haven't done either of those since the pandemic started. My risk tolerance has been lower. Outdoor, I do it. I would absolutely do it. Yeah, uh, just haven't had that opportunity around here. But yeah. you know, going back to you said you you tend to preface excluding the two new albums. I, I yeah. did I did come up with with a couple. I I, I really would like to see. I have not seen. I want to see darkness front to back. I have not seen that yet. Okay. Um, something, something in the night is a must for me. Um, one that I would really like to, to see and hear. Um, and, then, and then selfishly, I would also like to... Um, I'd really like to see what the E Street Band could do with Mrs. McGrath. Um, oh, nice. Um, uh, from the, um, the Secret Sessions uh, album. Um, and that is because my my parents and their friends um have a have a band that plays traditional irish music um that gets together around st patrick's day and does a few shows um and i i performed with them for the first time last year we we got it we got our show in um the weekend before st patrick's day which i think was maybe two days before Before the the country shut down yeah yep um and and we have a a what i think is a pretty darn good version of mrs (laughs) mcgrath that we um nice we in, it's pretty similar to bruce's version with the sessions band so i would like to see what the e street band did with it or could do with it um and, and then compare it to to what we do but that's just for vanity's sake as much as no we.
2: that that sounds awesome that's great um wrapping us up yeah is there anything i haven't asked you besides the merry question that i should have asked you <laughs>
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly. I don't, I, that's, that's a tough thing to to respond to.
2: Well, Um, I bring that up because years ago I finished the podcast. We had quit recording and the, my guest said, and Oh, by the way, next time I'm on, I'll have to tell you about when I got drunk with the E street band.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, there's (laughs) nothing like that. Okay.
2: What? No. How did you not tell lead (laughs) with that story? Right. Uh, yeah, no, it
1: was. That's how you, that's how, uh, yeah, she you said, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. That's how you, that's how she, she gives herself back on the show a second time. Exactly. Gotta, All right. You can't, you can't come with the best stuff up front. You gotta, yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Though more. you've
2: come up with a lot of good stuff. You've been a great guest. Thank All you. right. Uh, if you are a friend of Colin's and you're listening to this podcast, first off, thank you. Um, be sure and tell him what a great job he did. But the merry question is how we end every podcast. Um Jay Armstrong is a former honors English teacher. He has recently retired. He is working on a book, and but he would spend two days of his um honors English class when they were seniors going over Thunder Road. They would go through all the lyrics. He would look at uh, the imagery. They would discuss the different themes of the poem. And then at the end of the two days, he would ask the question, does Mary get in the car? So Colin, that is your question. Okay. Does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road?
1: All right. Um, so for, for, for those of you who have not been on, on, on Jesse's show and are thinking about it someday or may, um, in addition to making you feel very comfortable, one of the things that he will do is give you a heads up with some of the questions that might be asked. And so um, I tried to make sure that I came prepared with some notes. And this is the one that I that I agonized over uh, the most because um, I wanted to come up with something that um, would be deep and would wow people and and really get people thinking and and I realized I wasn't smart enough to do something like that. So so the obvious answer hit me here. Um, but, but relating it back to, to, uh, you say his name was Jay. The, the, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so Jay's class, um, I, I, my answer is going to kind of remind me of, um, I, I don't remember if it was a meme or what I saw online, but it was, um, somebody had gotten the, um, on their, their, uh, college application that might've even, even been to an Ivy league school. Um, the question was, they were supposed to at, answer the question, what is bravery? And the girl wrote down, this is. That was her answer, writing down a two-word answer. So my, my deep answer that I was, I was coming up with that was going to get some people thinking is going to come down to this. Mary gets in the car in Thunder Road because otherwise... She couldn't have gotten pregnant in the river.
2: There you go. That's it.
1: That's what I came up with.
2: I think that's a fine answer. <laughs> very well done, sir. Very good. Uh, I like that answer. Um, you know, what else someone brought up is that absolutely she gets in the car because on Racing in the Street, she is in her daddy's on her daddy's porch, yeah. which is the same porch she danced yep. across. There you go. So, very that's a nice. Yeah, yeah, it was. All right, Colin, this has been great. I appreciate it so much. Uh, we will have to do this again. I'd be happy uh, Yeah. So if someone wants to reach you, how's the best way?
1: Oh, I'm, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. Uh, generally pretty approachable. But, um, you know, I'm on Twitter at donkey downburst is me. Um, it's, it's mostly storm chasing and weather, but you get a little bit of everything. Some Bruce some baseball and sports some politics. Um, some bad humor. All the above can come from okay. that account um it's the best way to get a hold of me i've got i've got a youtube channel i've got a, a website but start with the twitter and that's probably me. Okay.
2: and um i think the next time we have you on we'll i'm sure there'll be something bruce to talk about but sure. also i'd love to hear more stories about chasing the storms I'd be happy i'm to, sure yeah. you have plenty of stories on those oh, tons of them. Tons yeah of them. very good all right listeners thank you for joining me please um you know, we appreciate you listening. And if you want to join us, as Colin said, I try to make it easy as possible. Would love to have more of you join me. Uh, For now, go get vaccinated. Remember to wear a mask. Remember social distance. The only way we're going to get through this is being good to each other. And so thank you for all you do. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you to my Patreons, Andrew Goddard, Betsy Hodges, Levi Petrie, Elizabeth Bronson, Stephen Malio, Holly Mack, Steve Rogers, Dale Hosick, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, and Mary Thomas. You all are my monthly angels. Thank you so much for the love and support you give on this podcast. You are greatly appreciated. You just heard the fun talk hard-rockin', music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce
1: was written by David Rosen, used by permission.